You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. I'm here with Erin Garrity, and she's going to tell me about a poster that she and Lori Webster did for the Friends of Cedar Mesa Perishables Project. Yes. <laughs> and go. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's um, the Cedar Mesa Perishables Project is what our poster was about, and um, it's this it's a documentation project that Lori and I have been working on with a couple other people. Um, Chuck LaRue, who's a wildlife biologist, and he lives in Flagstaff, and um, Louis Garcia, who is um, a language specialist, but he's also a, a weaver as well. And so um, getting lots of different people involved in the project and with different areas of expertise. Um, so basically what the project is all about is to document um, all of these collections that were um, excavated in the primarily in the 1890s from southeastern Utah um, from various expeditions um, probably Richard Wetherill's expeditions being the most famous of the bunch um, but not the earliest ones and and then the collections are housed at museums pretty much all over the country, but over, I think, six to, six oh, institutions, no mainly in Chicago at the Field Museum, mm-hmm. New York at the American Museum of Natural History, um, the National Museum of the American Indian in Washington, D.C., part of the Smithsonian group, a little bit at BYU. And all those over are the, the place. Yeah, those are the ones that we've done so far, um, Chicago and D.C., and BYU, and now we're working on the collections in New York, which are the largest collection amount of collections. So there's between two and three thousand perishable artifacts in these collections in New York, and we've done four or five hundred so far. So we still have a ways to go. So yeah, so it's a multi-year project. We started in I think 2011. Started with Chicago, um, and have just been working our way um basically the were the collections were excavated in the 1890s and really not much has been done with them since there hasn't been um there's been a little tiny bit of research in the early 1900s um with some of the projectile points but there hasn't been any sort of systematic documentation of what was there so there's all these collections and they're just incredible collections and and people don't really know what's there even the museums don't really know what mm-hmm. they have so like five phd <laughs> dissertations worth of stuff to do if not more uh, yeah i mean there's just like so many different research angles you can look at dyes you could look at process of manufacture you could look at raw materials you could look at i mean you could look at just different artifact types projectile points or um, we're just looking at the perishable artifacts right now. And what does that like? What does that include? Yeah, so that's anything made out of organic material. So we're seeing everything, you know, clothing, um, sandals. We're seeing lots and lots of wooden artifacts. Um, so things for processing, um, yucca, for example. We're seeing, you know, whole uh, hafted arrow points. Um, we're seeing a lot of agricultural implements too. Do you have a favorite of all of those? Oh gosh. I don't know if I have a single favorite one, but, um, I really, they, um, in Basque Maker 2 especially, they were weaving with a lot of human hair. And so I like, I really like seeing 
examples where they were including human hair in um, with with a lot of their sandals. There's some really beautiful sandals that have human hair too. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a fun, it's a really fun project and we're learning a lot and you get to see kind of the whole gamut, which is really nice from, you know, raw material all the way, you know, through process of manufacture, we see things that weren't completed. Um, so we, we get a little bit of better sense of, of what, um, you know, how they were making things and, and then, um, you know, all the way to just beautiful, complete, pristine looking artifacts that look like they were made yesterday, but were made, you know, a thousand years ago. <laughs> well, that's so cool. And so um, what would you say is like the overarching goal of the project, um, trying to get just word of these perishables out there or um, are you guys trying to get um, donations to uh, further study these? Yeah, definitely. So we've partnered with the Friends of Cedar Mesa um, and so we can take donations through through them um, and those help us get out to places like New York, which are not cheap to spend a month at and, <laughs> and do the research. So, yeah, so there's a lot of travel involved with um, getting, you know, these collections documented. Um, and so, yeah, so we're, we're always raising money. But, yeah, so the, the overall arching goal is, um, you know, Lori realized several years ago that there's all of this amazing material and nobody really knows about it. It's not, it hasn't been systematically inventoried and documented. Mm -hmm. So that's the big, the big push is to really see what's out there in these collections, get them documented. So we do sort of um, basic documentation, um, description of, of what the artifact is, um, weave structure, um, if it's pretty readily apparent, um, measurements, photographs, everything gets photographed. And then um, we also try to keep it connected with its field information. So a lot of the artifacts, especially the ones in New York, still have their original field tags, which is pretty amazing. But then there's a lot that don't also. So we're trying to you connect those back to their field notes, which, which is sometimes possible and, and sometimes definitely not. Right. It's, you know, it's been too long. It's a sandal and there's, you know, hundreds yeah. of sandals in these collections. So. Which, which one? Yeah, yeah. It's the one with the fiber. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, give us a little bit more to work with. But, but some things they, they described really well in, you know, beautiful flowery language. So some of those we can, oh, yeah, that's clearly that artifact right there. Mm-hmm. But... Um, so that's a big thing too, is trying to, to keep the provenience together mm-hmm. where we can, um, in collections in, um, DC, for example, that was a lot harder, um, that the collection that was there, part of it, well, all, I mean, all of it used to be with the collection that's in New York and then it got separated through, you know, there's long, long stories about how it ended up getting separated. But, yeah. but a lot of the field numbers um, were scratched off, actually intentionally scratched off by uh, um, George High, I think, is probably the culprit. <laughs> Why would he scratch them off? It was probably, it was probably an ego thing. Um, his was a new museum and he, I don't think he wanted the American Museum tag field te- or catalog numbers on there and and then that just exceeded the field numbers too which is a huge bummer but but part of we were you know kind of trying to sleuth out some of them where you could see par- a partial field number or a partial AMNH number and we were able to like 
match up some match of up them. some of them. Yeah, definitely not oh my all gosh. of them. But yeah, so the overarching um, goal of the project is to get you know everything documented, um, and then we'd like to have it in a an archive um, that would be accessible. We're thinking we're trying we're working with TDAR, the Digital Archaeological Record, right now, um, and uh, trying to get you know when when we're done with all of the museums and getting a big archive up so people have access to it mm-hmm. um we're we're working with the museums too to get permission to to put low resolution images up on tdar as well which that would be really would be cool. nice because people couldn't reproduce the images but then they could actually see what's there mm-hmm. and then if they you know wanted to to look at the object or needed something different than they could go through the each institution itself mm-hmm. um so yeah basically we want to have have it accessible to people because there's so many so many different things there's just so much to see yeah Mm -hmm. um and then and then from that point we can really see where we want to go with it too like what Mm -hmm. kind of research we want to do or or publication or that kind of thing too so really it's first doing you know getting all of the inventory done and that and that itself looks like I mean it'll take a long time but it looks like you guys are having fun with it it is it's really fun yeah and it's just I mean just the things you see every day are just incredible and you know looking at all of the collection you know with the perishables and then you know there's lithics and pottery that Mm -hmm. that kind of thing that we're not looking groundstone that we're not looking at but the perishables make up probably about 80 percent of the collections so just thinking about like most of what we see as archaeologists was you know probably like a quarter of Mm -hmm. what was originally there which isn't really kind of crazy to think about <laughs> is, I mean what an opportunity to mm. see something most of us will never see because I mean that level of preservation is just not there most it, sites right yeah exactly the level of preservation and and yeah just I mean how how long ago these were excavated too yeah so just that's really interesting that that part too just hearing about the expeditions and um all the things that they went through mm-hmm. while they were doing it. And, you know, they were doing a lot of excavations in the winter because oh they, were, they were ranchers. And so they were hardy in the summer <laughs> and, so, and then didn't have as much in the winter. So they were doing, yeah, a lot of these expeditions and that's amazing. Kind of crazy conditions. <laughs> <laughs> well, Aaron, thank you so much for talking to me about your guys' project and um, any other thoughts you want to share about the project or uh, directions we, to send people to the website. Yeah, we do have a website, um, and there's some more information on it. Um, and so I think the best way is probably to go through the Friends of Cedar Mesa webpage. Um, and so it's called the Cedar Mesa Perishables Project. Very cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.